Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 378 for the week of August 25th, 2014. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. We have a short show for you this week. I've earned it. I did two long shows in a row. Uh, When Robin Williams died, I thought better to uh, do the tribute to him immediately than wait an extra week. And uh, therefore, our show is only about 30 minutes or so this week, maybe a little more. But we will be back next week with a long show. We do usually alternate long and short. So what we have this week, as always, we open with the forecast for the next seven days, followed by the uh, forecast for the following week in brief. And uh, on short shows, we usually have a part one listener chart. That's the case this week. We're going to look at the chart of Stan and how the Saturn-Mars conjunction in the sky this week, which is on top of his natal moon and Pallas Athena, is going to affect him and ways he can make the best use of that. So that's our show for this week. Let's dive into the forecast. A Virgo new moon is this week's headliner, closely followed by an Energizer Bunny Mars-Saturn conjunction and a mystical Sun-Neptune opposition. We also have four Venus aspects, six new aspect patterns, and much more. So let's dive into our individual days in just a sec. But first, a quick look at what's old. We have a waning moon. And we have three continuing aspect patterns. There's a kite, which contains Juno, Ceres, Vesta, Neptune, and Pluto. A T-square with Juno, Pallas, Athena, and Pluto. And a grand trine with Juno, Chiron, and Vesta. Uh, I'm not going to detail what those mean because I've done that on previous shows. These are just reminders. And then, of course, three planets still remain retrograde, Pluto, Neptune, and Chiron. So now we can get on to our individual days of the week. On Monday, August 25th, Mercury makes two aspects today. There's a sextile to Mars and a sextile to Saturn. In each case, Mercury is hanging out around, uh, well, actually, the first time it's 17 Virgo, and then when it hits Saturn, it's more like 18 Virgo, so between 17 and 18 degrees Virgo for Mercury. Mars is at 17 Scorpio, Saturn closer to 18 Scorpio. So analytical thinking is gifted with both drive and endurance with Virgo and Mercury, sextile Mars and Saturn. Speaking and writing are similarly energized. We opened Monday under a void moon, but the moon enters Virgo to end that void at 5.33 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Moon's two and a half day stay in Virgo is awesome for service and getting your details down and health. Next up, a Venus double. Uh, She's going to quincunx Chiron and trine Uranus. Under Venus quincunx Chiron, Venus is around 16 Leo and Chiron's around 16 Pisces. And as Venus trines Uranus, she's still at 16 Leo, hardly moved at all. And Uranus is at 16 Aries. So some may experience wounding and adjustments in their relationships under these aspects. 
But such catalysts, which commonly trigger pre-existing issues, can be used as opportunities to flush out the heavy energy that's ready to clear. I've got a healing invocation that may help you with that. Short form is you just say to your higher self, maximum healing that serves highest good please. And then you rest passively in your breath. And uh, if you really just hang out in your breath and don't try to help, then you'll feel energy come in and start to flush away all that unpleasant energy that got triggered up. You can learn more by going to astroshaman.com. And at the top of the homepage sidebar, there's a purple banner. It says Heal and Awaken Invocations. Click that. When you get to the page, scroll down to the last article. It's about using the healing invocation. So let's continue discussing these Venus aspects. Inner wisdom to help you deal with all this is smoothly available through intuitive flashes. And with Venus in Leo, these aspects are ripe with creative inspiration and refinement. Our big event of the day actually kicks off on Monday. It's the new moon. It lines up at 10.13 a.m. at Virgo, 2 degrees, 18 minutes. Of course, sun and moon together. New beginnings in health, service, editing, and fine-tuning are supported. With the moon opposing Neptune, these are aspects. A constant flow of creative inspiration is available for your new ventures. Spiritual union practices are strongly supported. If chaos or unpredictability manifests due to a Uranus sesqua quadrate, listen for intuitive flashes to guide you in setting your course. This new moon Sabian symbol is two guardian angels bringing protection. Contemplating this can bring great comfort when you still perceive yourself as an isolated ego, but once you awaken to your true nature, pure divine awareness, you will realize that nothing could ever harm the unborn and undying consciousness that you really are. What you really are is immortal and invulnerable. Yay! Next up on this very uh, packed Monday, we have that Mars-Saturn conjunction, and that's with both planets close to 18 Scorpio. An unexploited Mars-Saturn conjunction can feel like driving with the brakes on. You can either embrace the slowdown and focus on planning or refocus this aspect to give you energizer bunny endurance. In that case, Mars is the energy and Saturn parcels it out and makes it last. With Mars and Saturn in Scorpio, a structured approach toward personal transformation can prove rewarding. This aspect will be felt through September 8th. On Tuesday, August 26th, the intensity continues with Venus square Saturn, Venus 18 Leo, Saturn 18 Scorpio. Leonine Venus's third aspect of the week is this square to Saturn. Don't be surprised if the stern taskmaster writes you a reality check on your relationships, creativity, or finances. If so, it's only to draw your attention to a structure that needs elimination or repair. Any restriction of energy in these areas caused by this aspect should ease up by the weekend. Next up, we have a Moon-Mercury conjunction. That's around 10.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Great time to think, reflect, communicate. And then the Void Moon happens at the same moment because the Moon-Mercury conjunction is what triggers the Void Moon. So as of 10.30 p.m., consider, or maybe just to be safe, 10.29 p.m., consider the Moon Void. And uh, uh, under Void Moons, the best advice is, uh, if possible, don't initiate major new projects and don't make major purchases if you can avoid them. 
Wednesday, August 27th, we have another intense opener, Venus square Mars, Venus 19 Leo, Mars 19 Scorpio. Being mindfully sweet to your sweetie can help stave off some of the difficult potentials of a square between Leonine Venus and Scorpionic Mars. Passionate lovemaking is a much more enjoyable use of this aspect than a heated argument. With both planets in fixed signs, take extra care to be as flexible as possible if a disagreement arises. This Venus-Mars square can also be used to fuel creative productivity. Give your muse free reign even if she takes you into taboo territory. That could happen with Mars in Scorpio. It loves those taboos and breaking them. (laughs) Finally, uh, we have the resolution of that void moon. The moon enters Libra here on Wednesday at 5.55 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Moon in Libra is great for relating and creating. On Thursday, August 28th, the moon conjoins Pallas Athena around 8.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. This just gives a little highlight to what Pallas Athena represents, which is feminine assertiveness, strategic planning, and practical creativity. And now we get into the aspect patterns. They waited till the latter part of the week, but here they come. For starters, stable flowing energy for healing, especially in your committed partnerships, is available with a grand trine that includes Juno, Vesta, Saturn, and Chiron. This aspect pattern also supports stepping more fully into your selfless service as a healer or mentor. With all four planets in water, the flow of intuition and emotion in these areas is significantly enhanced. This Juno, Vesta, Saturn, Chiron grand trine begins today, peaks on September 9th, and ends on September 17th. And let me mention, all of these aspect patterns I'm describing are graphically illustrated on my blog. So all you have to do is go over to astroshaman.com, look at this week's forecast, and you will see illustrations of each and every one of these. I've started doing that in the last few weeks, and I hope that y'all are finding that helpful. Next up, another aspect pattern here on Thursday, a cradle aspect pattern involving the Sun, Juno, Ceres, and Pluto offers several intriguing possibilities. And let me mention, a cradle is the outer, it's like you have three sextiles, and when you get to the uh, planets at the end of the sextile string, they oppose each other, and then the planets are also making trines to each other. So it's mostly soft aspects, trines and sextiles, and an opposition thrown in there to kind of hold it all together. So, as this cradle kicks in, ask yourself, because of the planets involved, are you in a committed relationship where you're playing second fiddle or in which your self-esteem is being diminished? This aspect pattern can support you in adopting the mindset of, I get as good as I give. And if I don't, then we're going to change something or we're going to walk away from this thing. The theme of release and return is also at play. Some relationships may take a breather, while connections that have been on hiatus may resume. This Sun-Juno-Series-Pluto cradle starts today, peaks on September 5th, and ends on September 8th. On Friday, August 29th, the Sun opposes Neptune. Sun, 6 Virgo. Neptune, 6 Pisces. And I am running to the nearest degree on these coordinates, by the way. Divinely guided service can be energized by the Virgoan Sun opposing Neptune. This aspect can also bring fresh inspiration in health matters and the improvement of systems and procedures. 
This aspect can also fuel the temptation to overdo drugs or alcohol, play the martyr, or drift in the doldrums, or other forms of escapism, too. If any of these urges arise, positively redirect the energy into divine connection or creative expression. And if you would like a simple, quick way to get connected up with your higher self, I've got an app for that. Try this invocation. Ten words. Say to your higher self, maximum light and divine consciousness that serves highest good please. Say that. Rest passively in breath, not visualizing, not trying to make anything happen. Receive and see what happens when you try that. Next up on Friday, we've got a void moon beginning at 12.01 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And our next event up is another aspect pattern. This one's a grand cross. Uh, Four squares joined by oppositions. The uh, toughest angle in astrology. I should say the toughest aspect pattern is what I meant to say. A theme that showed up in two different aspect patterns last week, harmonizing the assertive and receptive aspects of your feminine nature, is re-energized this week by a grand cross. This aspect pattern adds Uranus to the T-square, including Juno, Pallas, Athena, and Pluto, that started on August 21st. I talked about that on last week's show. With the decade-long Uranus-Pluto square in the game, revolutionary transformation in how you work with these feminine qualities is available. Can you follow your intuitive flashes in this area while transforming or releasing those behavior patterns that do not serve you? This Grand Cross with Juno, Pallas Athena, Uranus, and Pluto peaks on September 7th and ends on September 14th. Next up, another aspect pattern. This one is also uh, an example of a simpler aspect pattern blossoming into something more. With the addition of the Sun, the Grand Trine we've already talked about with Juno, Vesta, and Saturn and Chiron that started yesterday becomes a kite. And a Grand Trine is an equilateral triangle. A kite sticks a planet between two of the other planets. Instead of all trines, now we get a couple of sextiles in the mix, and the new planet opposes the planet on the opposite side. And finally, all this uh, energy, which is just sort of hanging out in equilibrium, has something to focus on. So, as a reminder, the basic nature of the Grand Trine with Juno, Vesta, Saturn, and Chiron is stable, flowing energy for healing, especially in committed partnerships. It also supports stepping more fully into selfless service as a healer or mentor and significantly enhances the flow of intuition and emotion. So, the Virgo and Sun adds a personal planet into the mix, an element not present in the original Grand Trine. This makes the effect more personal and pronounced, and reinforces the Grand Trine's themes of service and mentoring. So this kite, which now includes the Sun, Juno, Vesta, Saturn, and Chiron, begins today, that's August 29th, Friday, peaks on September 8th, and ends on September 14th. We'll be right back with the rest of this week's forecast. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it pop into your inbox every week? How about occasional bonus articles on astrology, healing, spiritual awakening, and more? That's what you'll get with Astro Shaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form near the top of the sidebar. And if you like to calculate your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for Solar Fire Gold, which can also run on your Mac. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. 
From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu. A free weekly forecast newsletter and the best available price on Solar Fire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. On Saturday, August 30th, the void moon that kicked in on Friday is resolved at 4.53 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time as the moon enters Scorpio. Good energy for sacred sexuality and investigation and detective work and psychology and transformation and occult arts and all sorts of deep, intense, mysterious things. The moon then conjuncts Ceres around 7.45 p.m. on Saturday, Good time to amplify all the meanings of Ceres, which include prosperity, abundance, self-esteem, release and return, and mother-daughter relationships among them. Next up, another aspect pattern. In a third case of aspect pattern augmentation, we have Vesta joining the cradle that started on Thursday. We now have three of the four asteroid goddesses in the same aspect pattern, which has now grown into a cradle including the Sun, Ceres, Juno, Vesta, and Pluto. In addition to the meaning of the original cradle, which I hope you remember because I don't want to say it all again, we now see the possibility of self-esteem being boosted through service to a higher cause. And if you want to put all these planetary energies together into one interpretation, here we go. You and your committed partner could positively transform and add value to your relationship by working together in selfless service. This amplified cradle, which includes the Sun, Ceres, Juno, Vesta, and Pluto, starts today. It peaks and ends on the same days as the original cradle, September 5th and September 8th. And why not one for the road? We haven't done a mystic rectangle in a while. (laughs) We have one starting today incorporating the Sun, Juno, Chiron, and Pluto. As it happens, all of its planets are also contained within the kite and cradle I've already discussed here on the show, so its interpretation will echo those aspect patterns with healing in your domestic environment and committed relationships being energized. Mentoring or counseling in these areas is also supported. The Sun, Juno, Chiron, Pluto mystic rectangle peaks on September 5th and ends on September 10th. So on Sunday, August 31st, last day of the month, we open with a moon Vesta conjunction. That's around 5.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And that's going to amplify Vesta's qualities of service to a higher cause and possibly sacred sexuality, another of her meanings. So if you're up early on Sunday morning, you can take advantage of that with your sweetie. Then there's a moon Saturn conjunction. That's around 3.15 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, that's a little more serious energy by far. So that's a time when you may want to spend some time alone. Or if you got to be productive, Saturn loves productivity. So just get focused, get disciplined, and planned out on your work. And Saturn can actually support you on that. Then we have a Moon-Mars conjunction. That's around 9.45 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And that's a great energizer. Great, once again, nice sexuality energy. Good for being the pioneer, the warrior, good for athletics, exercise, uh, initiation, being the leader if you're called to be that. Uh, Good energies to use with Mars. Um, Whenever I see a Moon-Mars conjunction late at night, though, even on a Sunday night, I have to caution you to try to avoid areas where fights or, you know, big intense challenge might break out because Mars does have a warlike side. So try to steer clear of that if you can. And finally... Uh, one more aspect pattern. Uh, I said one for the road on the last one. This is 
not really the one for the road aspect pattern. This is the one that we've already talked about, and it's coming back again. The T-square with Juno and Pallas Athena and Pluto that started on August 21st, again, we talked about that last week, peaks today and ends on September 14th. So, as I asked last time, does your feminine aspect show itself more like a meek housewife or a take-no-prisoners samurai? You can make any needed adjustments to this balance during this 21-day T-square between Yin, Juno, Yang, Pallas, Athena, and Pluto. And that wraps our forecast for these seven days. Looking ahead to the week of September 1st, next week's show, once again, a very busy week. These planets are working overtime. Pluto is the headliner, making four aspects to Pallas, Athena, Mars, the Sun, and Jupiter. Uranus is making hard aspects to Vesta and Juno. Chiron is trining both Vesta and Juno. Jupiter is sextiling Pallas Athena. Are you seeing a pattern here? There's a lot of action between the outer planets and the asteroid goddesses. So we'll be getting into that angle strongly on next week's show. In more conventional happenings, we've also got a Sun-Chiron opposition, Venus entering Virgo, and Mercury entering Libra and quincunxing Neptune. We have another aspect pattern beginning. A yod with the sun, Vesta, and Uranus. And for the aspect patterns we talked about this week, will be peaking next week. So, yeah, strong energy next week. An unusual sky energy with that many asteroid goddesses and that many outer planets. And you know what? As always, I'm going to be here giving you the best use of these energies. So I look forward to speaking to you next week. I have a few quick announcements for you. Information on everything that follows is on the homepage of astroshaman.com. Just check the What's New section a tiny bit down from the top. First, a big thank you to everyone who took advantage of my 30% off Best Astrologer special to celebrate my being chosen the Best Astrologer in Western North Carolina in a reader survey here. So, uh, again, appreciate very much all of your prepayments for that. I just got booked onto a web radio show. That show is going to be this Monday, August 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. It's called Consider This, hosted by the Reverend Doctors Linda Marie Nelson and Nancy Ash. Uh, those of you who tuned into the radio show I did just a few days ago, as you know, I didn't get a lot of time on that one, but I'm being promised I will be the only guest and will be the featured uh, focus of the show. So uh, I will get some time. We're going to have a lively, free-willing discussion ranging from astrology and shamanism to my Heal and Awaken invocations. Uh, we're really not going to focus so much on doing reader astrology charts, though. Uh, rather, I mean listener astrology charts. But uh, we do welcome you to call in and ask any questions you may have in a more general way. And you can either uh, call the uh, number. That's 805 or there's a live web stream that, of course, is on the homepage of astroshaman.com. Consider this as part of the Art of Living Well radio network on Blog Talk Radio. Mark your calendar for Friday, October 3rd and Saturday, October 4th. I'm going to be doing reduced rate sessions at the Asheville Coptic Conference, info on the site. As always, I'm doing a weekly YouTube video forecast with chart graphics in the videos. Every Tuesday night, you can join us by phone or in person for the Shamanic Awakening Meetup if you want to accelerate your healing and awakening. And I wanted to share a lovely little testimonial I got completely unsolicited on LinkedIn. Um, this is from Mary McLean, who is an astrologer herself. And she wrote... It is about time I write this. Benjamin Bernstein is an incredible astrologer and healer. I highly recommend his podcast, This Week in Astrology. It is educational, inspiring, and enlightening. 
The tools he offers people such as the Healing Invocations Meditation, available on his website, has helped me immeasurably, and I have passed it along to many people. I am gratified to know Benjamin, if only via phone and internet. He holds a lamp high for many feeling the dark. Thanks so much, Benjamin Bernstein, for your wonderful work. Blessings on every level. Wow, what sweet words from Mary. Thank you so much. And uh, she notes here on LinkedIn, she first hired me in 2012, has hired me more than once. And she says that my top qualities are expert, good value, and high integrity. Yay, the very things I strive for. (laughs) So thank you, Mary. I appreciate you giving me that testimonial. And that ends this section of the show. Our part one listener chart features Stan. This is the Stan born on February 23rd, 1973, 10.30 a.m. in Chicago, Illinois. And I picked Stan's chart because I was looking for someone who had a sensitive point somewhere near 18 Scorpio. That's where Saturn and Mars are making their conjunction this week. And very, what I do is I use a random sequence generator to pick the first chart out of my uh, collection. And then I move forward from there. And rarely does it happen that the very first chart that comes up is suitable. But that was the case today. Stan just popped right out of here. And he's got his moon at 19 degrees, 12 minutes Scorpio, about a degree and a half away. And he also has Pallas Athena, the asteroid goddess, about equidistant the other direction, a little over two degrees away. So we'll be talking about Saturn and Mars hitting on those. So let's get rolling. First, we need to understand the meaning of the planets in his chart. Of course, the moon is going to be a much more major player. Uh, The moon definitely carries a lot more juice than an asteroid goddess does. So we know the moon for anyone would mean the childhood, the emotions, the sense of security, uh, the tendencies toward natural inclinations. And a moon in Scorpio is intensely emotional, but may not show it. So that's a feature of Scorpio moons a lot that I see with my clients. And um, we also need to take into account the, what the moon is, what you love and what you're passionate about. So uh, uh, part of Stan may really love getting into Scorpionic things like detective work or psychology or occult practices. I mean, he does listen to an astrology podcast after all and uh, other things that involve deep, intense uh, energies. So we also need to think about house placements in the porphyry house system that I use. The moon is in the sixth house. I think it would probably be in the sixth in most house systems. And that means that uh, aspects to the moon may involve health uh, or service, primarily. And in addition, the moon rules Stan's third house, because Cancer is on the cusp of the third in the porphyry house system. So the moon's also about communication and learning, and maybe even short-distance travel and family members. Uh, The moon, because it's the moon, can also represent home. So all these themes can get stimulated under the Saturn-Mars conjunction. Now let's talk about which planet's more important. Is it more important that Mars is conjoining the moon or that Saturn is? Well, the rule of thumb is the less frequently the planet comes by, the more important it is. Mars comes around the circle every two years whereas Saturn takes 30 years to come around. So I think Saturn's probably a little more important. And we also have to contemplate duration. In this case, Saturn is making a triple hit to Stan's moon. It first came into orb close enough to make contact energetically in mid-November of 2013, and it will not clear the final conjunction to the moon by orb until mid-October of 2014. That's an 11-month conjunction from Saturn. That is a long time to have the stern taskmaster on top of you. Um, so what I'm guessing, Stan, is that uh, since late last year, you may have felt 
uh, a little more moody or possibly even depressed. Uh, Saturn does rule depression and restriction of things. And if it's on the moon, then emotions may feel restricted and closed down and bracketed in. So um, if that's been the case for you, there's the light at the end of the tunnel. By uh, mid-October this year, Saturn will be scooting along and he'll be off your moon finally after that long visit there. Uh, now, Saturn's not a bad guy. I mean, in old-style astrology, he was the great malefic, you know, Satan himself, some said. But uh, the way I do astrology and the way a lot of modern psychological astrologers work, we say no good or bad planets. It's just energy, and you just want to know how to make the best use of it. So um, how can you make the best use of Saturn on your moons, Dan? Well, um, how about uh, Productivity. Uh, another meaning of the sixth house the moon is in is your daily patterns of work, your routines, your systems, your procedures. And uh, if any of your procedures, whether in work or in your personal life, are lacking in any way, the Saturn conjunction will bring them to light and show you how they can be improved. So take advantage of that insight if it's coming up. Um, Saturn is not a time to mope about being uncomfortable. Uh, Saturn conjunctions are a time to say, wow, I see a problem here and let's get industrious and do something about it. Let's fix this thing. Or if it's worn out and not serving you anymore, then let's just let it go. Uh, by the way, when Saturn hits a point and, and your higher self says, yeah, that's really valuable right now, you're doing the right thing there, then rather than challenging you, Saturn will say, awesome house, dude, let's build a second story on it. <laughs> He'll say, let's create more structure to complement the wonderful structure you've already got. So those are some guidelines in uh, Saturn transit behavior. Um, so... Um, with Saturn on the moon again, backtracking to the moon's core meaning, uh, moody emotions, uh, maybe take some alone time. Uh, now, chronic depression, like what Robin Williams suffered from, is a very serious matter. You need professional help for that. But most of us don't have clinical depression. Most of us just get moody or a little down sometimes. And very often, that is our, our higher self trying to get our attention, saying, you know what? There's something inside you you need to look at and deal with and face. And if you keep distracting yourself with your external stuff, you're not going to pay attention to it. And this thing's going to keep eating away inside you. So sometimes depression or even illness will come along. Sixth house is the house of health in Stan's case. Uh, well, I mean, it's everyone's sixth house of health, but my point is the, the transit is happening in the sixth. And um, whatever it needs to do to get your attention. If necessary, it will slow you down and even incapacitate you to some degree to say, you know what? Uh, you're too busy, you're staying too shallow, and you're not paying attention to this inner matter that needs your attention. So I will take whatever measures are needed to slow you down enough so that you have time to look inside. Uh, so uh, obviously the better strategy is just to deal with this stuff when it first shows itself and get it dispensed with uh, voluntarily. That way the universe doesn't have to play ball with you so tough and make it harder for you and more force you to look at the issue that way. So those are some thoughts around Saturn on the sixth house moon Saturn. Um, I just, what the heck did I just say? <laughs> so those are some ways of thinking, Stan, about Saturn on your sixth house moon, is what I did mean to say. Now, Mars is there too. It is a Mars-Saturn conjunction that got our attention in the first place here. But uh, again, you know what? Mars is come and gone in a week or two. And he comes around every couple of years. He's a fairly frequent visitor. So we're just going to think of Mars as the trigger that made the Saturn energy really come up to a peak at this moment. Uh, what about Pallas Athena? Um, oh, before I go there, my apologies. One last thought I just had on the moon is it represents family and home. So another phenomenon you may have been experiencing, Stan, with Saturn by transit on your natal moon 
is uh, challenges in the family, whether it's your birth family or the family you're living with now. Again, any structures that are not optimal will probably get your attention and ask to be made more positive. Uh, Moon is also the natural representative of the home, the place where you live. And again, if the home suits you well, great. You know, Saturn will, you know, give you a nice solid foundation for that. But if for any reason the home is not optimal for any reason, then uh, maybe it's time to move or redecorate or renovate or make some positive change so the house you're actually living in is more suitable for you. Now, Pallas Athena. Now, Stan, obviously you're a guy, unless you're, Stan is short for Stanlita or something. Um, so what do you do when you're a guy and you've got an asteroid goddess? Well, the qualities they have you know, apply to men as well. We're all humans. We all have masculine and feminine energies within us. And we just look at the meaning of the asteroid goddess and see how they fit. Uh, feminine assertiveness is what Pallas Athena is best known for. Um, and that's just a different flavor of being assertive rather than, you know, you know, forceful, overt domination. A feminine assertiveness can be more like persuasion and getting your way a little more subtly. So that's one thing that you might also have been looking at, Stan, during this long Saturn conjunction to the moon as well as Pallas Athena. Um, now, frankly, Saturn has been more focused on the moon, uh, a little less energy on Pallas Athena, but he has been hitting Pallas Athena off and on Saturn by transit during this period as well. What else is Pallas Athena? Well, strategic cunning. That's certainly a quality that both men and women can use. Um, Saturn may have been reality testing your abilities in that area. Pallas Athena was also known for practical creativity. She gave pottery to mankind, a very useful craft. And so another thing you can be looking at um, right now, Stan, is uh, how am I doing in the realm of practical creativity? Are there any areas where I need to uh, get my structure better on that? So that is the main energies I want to share with you, Stan, about your, uh, your aspect here. Again, the, we're looking at transiting Saturn and Mars in conjunction, hitting your natal moon and your natal Pallas Athena in the sixth house in Scorpio. So, Stan, thanks so much for sending your chart in. You remain eligible to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. And this ends our Part 1 listener chart. I offer three main services at AstroShaman. Astrology, Shamanic Healing, and Awakening Activation. All are equally effective in person or long distance. Choose one or combine two or more services during your session. Astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and much more. In Awakening Activation Sessions, I help you immerse into your own awakened state using simple, powerful invocations, then teach you how to refresh it on your own. Shamanic healing can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, or mental issues, and usually results in significantly enhanced divine consciousness. I also offer electional astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. And be sure to check out my free services page, where you can load up on free forecasts, podcasts, invocations, and music. Sliding scale payment is available by request. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month, and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world by phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session, and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you.
As we close the show, let me remind you once again that I am on web radio this Monday, August 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Check astroshaman.com to learn more about that in the What's New section. If you enjoy This Week in Astrology, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed where I post daily forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us keep our standing as the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2014 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 1 minute 43 seconds. Monday, 2.34. Tuesday, 6.32. Wednesday, 7.41. Thursday, 8.44. Friday, 11.15. Saturday, 15.53. Sunday, 18.08. Next week's transits, 20.09. Announcements, 21.16. And our part one listener chart, 24.12. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.